everybody, and welcome to another early childhood discussion. Today, we're going to have a conscious conversation on authentic relationships with staff in challenging times, and we welcome you to join in that conversation. I'm Lori Harji, Project Lead and Technical Assistance Center at the Grow New Jersey Kids Technical Assistance Center North. Hi, everybody. My name is Stephanie Boyson. I'm a Senior Technical Assistance Specialist um, with Grow New Kids Center North. So we always like to start off our podcast and our conversations with a quote, and this one um, comes from Brene Brown, of course. And the quote is, leaders must either invest a reasonable amount of time attending to fears and feelings or squander an unreasonable amount of time trying to manage ineffective and unproductive behavior. When I read that, I, I thought that, you know, directors wear many hats. And in this case, in this particular situation, you have many directors who have never, we've never been in this kind of situation before ever. So, you know, you already put a director who wears many hats into a situation where it is unprecedented and they are dealing with so much. And then you put staff here on top of that and it's just very, very stressful. So when I read this quote, I it, it hit home for me because I hear, I hear this a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one of the, the biggest challenges that directors have been facing is, helping to have their staff develop a comfort level in coming back into the program. Um, There's so many fears, there's so many concerns, um, just the the director's leadership responsibility is um, even increased more than ever in, in helping assure staff that things have been done to protect them and their health and, 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 really recognizing their, you know, their fears. Um, And so I think that that's one of the most important things, um, figuring out what it is that staff are concerned about. And I think we've found that staff have so many different concerns because the situation is changing every day. Yeah. And what we talked about last podcast when we discussed families um, during this, this period of time, is that transparency is huge and it should be a priority. And I know sometimes it's hard to tell people, hey, listen, I'm not sure what's gonna happen. I don't have any idea what's coming down the pike. I'm not even sure what's happening tomorrow. But a lot of that has to do with being open and realistic to staff and saying, listen, you know, next week, we're not really sure uh, if we're gonna have this situation or that situation. So I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, we're all expecting the unexpected. And um, I think staff will, would respect that enough instead of being, you know, pulled around or, um, you know, have them be unaware of what's coming, you know, what's coming down the pike. So I think what would help in this situation um, is something as simple as just asking them how they're doing or what do you need. And even if you say, I can't do that right now, but, I, but I'll write that down, I'll remember it in the future, I think that would, that would go a long way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, checking in and making sure that you understand um, what your staff are having concerns about. Um, Are your staff feeling unsure about the new policies, the new procedures that need to be implemented? So I think that there needs to be some real in-depth time spent checking in with staff, whether your staff are, are getting ready to come back or whether your staff have been back with you and you just wanna check in with them to 
verify and double check. You know, are you feeling comfortable with the new sanitation procedures that we're following? Do you feel like you have enough of the supplies that you need? Um, you always want your staff to feel very much um, supported and protected. Yeah, and having different, you know, when we talk about a center, you already have personality types and you have um, temperaments already just being a human. And then you throw in a pandemic and a very stressful situation, then you have many point of views about the situation. So not only do you have stressors of, you know, them coming back and returning and having home things and family things to deal with, now you're coming into a center that it looks the same, feels the same, but it's not the same. So you're dealing with point of views, you're dealing with personalities, you're dealing with fears, you're dealing with hopefully maybe some positive attitudes. So trying to balance all those things out um, can be hard for directors, but I think understanding each of your staff members is different and will be different moving forward. It's something good to think about. Then you can balance your thoughts and your actions based on each staff member. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, being able to step into their shoes, you know, what kind of concerns do they have? Are they concerned about their own children not being able to return to school? And how are they going to juggle that? Um, are they concerned about their health or bringing the, the virus potentially back to their household? Um, do they have health insurance? Like, are there so many concerns that they might have? And then there's the fear, worry, and anxiety, as you said, you know, combined with personality types. Uh, directors who are successfully navigating this change are demonstrating a strong growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset. They're, you know, they're stepping up to the plate and they're saying, you know, we're not sure what's going to happen, but we've got a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. And because we're early child professionals, we know how to flex and we're going to keep, you know, doing that flexing. Um, but preparing for negative and unhelpful behaviors and attitudes that may be expressed when people are under stress and the stress of this pandemic has been ongoing. So when people are under stress, sometimes negative behaviors come out and directors have to be really on top of that um, so that there isn't negativity spreading among the staff. Yeah. And even new staff that are being hired during this time, they're coming into a situation, even first time teachers, a lot of teachers are coming in just graduating from college and their first job is going to be at a childcare center during a pandemic. And that in itself, you're already your confidence level is already a little bit, maybe a little bit lower because you're starting a new job, it's a new school, it's a new community, a new environment, and then you're putting this extra variable on top of it. It can be very stressful, and you know maybe everyone needs support, but maybe those first-time teachers or again the personality types that need it, that extra support. Just like we talk about children, some children need extra support throughout the day. These teachers may need that extra support during the day as well. Because as a teacher myself, I felt like in my own classroom, my own little bubble, I felt really comforted and I felt I had control. But once we stepped out of that classroom, it almost felt like, you know, things were falling apart or could be falling apart at any time, depending on the day of the situation. So teachers could feel a lack of control, too, because they're in this stressful situation. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think um, studies that have been done um, looking at early childhood work environments say that the support 
of a director is one of the most critical factors to making a positive climate, especially as you said, for a new hire. Um, you know, once again, putting yourself in that person's shoes and how what typically would have happened in the past has to look very, very different now. Um, you might have had people, you know, that person bouncing from classroom to classroom to check out, you know, different teacher styles. Um, and now because of new guidelines, you're going to need to, to look at things differently. Um, I think the power of systems comes in really, really critically in a strong manner right now. And that is to have systems in place for onboarding your new staff. And that would include a very detailed and updated job description. I think yeah. not only for your new hires, but for your existing staff, um, what are the new expectations with um, the COVID requirements and guidelines? Um, how are your staff going to handle them? What were the new things that they um, are doing? How will you describe them in that job description? So I think everyone wants to do a good job. Everybody wants to do things the right way. And so if those are clearly spelled out, especially for a new hire who is brand new to your center and is learning everything um, new, really important. I forgot to add one variable too. Uh, we had personality types. We had, um, I guess, the first time teacher or a situation of personal view that they have, but also generational staff member. You know, you and I are different generations. Technically, we have different work um, practices. So you and I are born in, in different years and we may learn differently as adult learners and so will your staff. You have staff of all ages. You have staff in their 20s and staff in their 60s, which is such a great spectrum of ages to be working together, but each generation has their own practices and learning. So um, taking that into account too, but again, that's a whole different uh, psych psychology topic that we can go into. But um, keeping that in mind as well is important because, you know, depending on how long they've been teaching, how long they've been in the center, how long they've been with children, I think it's important to take that into account as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Something I think with the, the advent of technology and its use within early childhood programs, um, it, I think has really sh showed just how different the generations are. And I think that it's um, it's important, as you said, to recognize that um, and to support people and, and help them in, in the ways that work best for them. Um, I think another really important thing for directors to do now more than ever, it's always been a great and, and high quality practice, but um, there's a concept that um, Dr. Stanley Greenspan calls floor time. And when you think about it, it, it was described um, with an adult getting one-on-one -on, -one on the floor with children. But I think of it in terms of uh, staff members, you don't necessarily have to get on the floor, but a one-on-one -on -one time with each one of your staff members on a very regular basis, um, checking in to just say, how are you doing? Um, and not necessarily just related to work, but just how are you doing? How are you feeling this morning? How did your day go? Um, director's jobs are busy. I've been a director. I, I, I know that you're pulled in a million different directions and the pandemic only adds to that. But finding the time and even scheduling it on your calendar to have a regular check-in, if you can do it daily, 
that's wonderful, but I would say at least once a week, um, checking in, taking what we call at the, the technical assistance center, a pulse check. You know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, is there anything you need? How can I support you? Um, those kind of gestures go such, uh, go a really far, a long way, a long way right. to, to help staff feel that you've got their back. Right. And we've seen things like, um, you know, staff or directors buying lunch for their staff or having a special maybe end of month kind of situation. Um, but the things that don't cost anything are simple questions. How's it going? How, how are things at home? How are your children? How is your so-and-so, you know, just checking in on a personal level and saying, hey, I'm just, I'm just thinking about you. I hope you're doing well. Um, and directors have a very, uh, you know, structured day and their schedules are very, very probably cut and dry. They know when their staff takes a prep or takes a lunch, just pop your head in. How's it going? Do you guys need anything while I'm here? Just little things like that, I think, as you said, will, will hold so much weight and value for their staff that moving forward, if that staff member does need something, Instead of holding it in or keeping it in or doing it themselves, they could reach out and say, hey, I'm having a hard time with this situation. Do you mind stepping in at this time to kind of observe me and see how, you know, what I should be doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so, um, I mean, directors are always need to be creative. They always need to um, figure out challenges. They always need to think on their feet. And this pandemic has really given people even greater opportunities to use those creativity um, skills um, and looking at different ways of of supporting your staff, I think is is key. Um, one of the, the ways that I've been reading recently that some directors have been supporting staff and helping um, achieve their their own goals is as a director and as a you know the, the leader of the team, looking at your your mission and your vision, looking at your goals for the upcoming year and seeing where you might need to make some changes, um, your enrollment might have changed dramatically. And when you think about supporting and rewarding staff, you know, what, what might you be able to do? Um, do you have a reward system in place to help um, encourage staff to bring new enrollment to your center? Um, so that your revenue may be down as a result of decreased enrollment, but could you implement, if you don't already have one, a reward system that rewards staff for bringing new enrollment so that their reward is directly tied to increased revenue at your center? Um, you know, that's one way, that's a creative way to help um, encourage staff to jump on board your you know renewed vision, your renewed mission, and increased enrollment and, and success and financial viability of your program. Yeah, and that goes back to even the kind of leadership um, skills that a director holds. Even if they're a new director, um, thinking about your you know how, how you run your staff or how you run your center, or even if you've been there a long time, how can you change your mindset and your skills to kind of adapt this new environment? There's a few. Few terminology, a few terms that we've seen throughout this process, especially with the growth mindset. But um, having them look at themselves and say, "Okay, what kind of leader am I?" There's a few that I thought were interesting. So the first one that they talk about is something called the team captain. So the team captain is a part of the team. They're working with the, the staff, kind of like ground level. Um, you know, you're working with your people. You're walking the walk. 
Then there's the judge, which is more the evaluator, which is more of being realistic, the decision maker. And that person is kind of like overseeing the whole thing and just like making choices for staff, um, but still in a positive way that could help staff move forward. And then there's the coach. So, you know, dropping in and pulling out necessary skills for the staff to succeed. And none of those um, terms are necessarily negative. It's what kind of leadership what kind of leader are you? What kind of leadership are you showing your staff? What are you modeling to your staff? And obviously, you know, you want to take probably a little bit from each of these different terms, these different skills. Each of them has a positive affect, um, you know, on your staff. So I think supporting your staff overall is important, but like making sure you're saying to yourself, what kind of leader am I? And allowing your staff to see you in that way and allowing your staff to see how you're modeling to them can only build their professional um, leadership skills as well. So I thought that was interesting to see how, you know, for our directors, what kind of leader are you? And then we as TAs can step in and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. And this is what you can be doing. And maybe pull from a different uh, leadership style. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I think um, what you said, Stephanie, about letting your staff see you stepping up to the plate and demonstrating all kinds of leadership skills in such a challenging time is really inspiring for them. Um, And because of the extra work, it's a great opportunity to um, continue to build your leadership team. Um, I think a lot of times being a director, it's, there's such a challenge because there's so much to be done, but as your leadership skills grow during this pandemic because you're having to take on more things and do new things in new ways. I think it's a great opportunity to call in your team, call in your team in support. You know, is there a teacher who's really well organized that could handle this aspect? And that would give her, uh, you know, a new responsibility and an opportunity to, to shine. Um, you know, is there somebody else who could, you know, be responsible for overseeing this new aspect of what is being done in your program. Um, so it, it really inspires them to continue to grow. Yep. And those professional growth opportunities, once again, are such an important hallmark of a high quality program. So growing both in your skills set in the classroom mm-hmm. and in your skill set in administration and leadership tasks, I think is something that's really beneficial. And just like we talked about in regards to children during this time, you know, you're not stopping your high quality education because we're in a pandemic or we're in this different kind of world. But also, you also should stop growing your teachers professionally while we're in this different kind of world or situation. You always want to, you know, have your teachers there for a long time, but you know that it's possible that these teachers are in your program as a stepping stone, learning and growing and building their uh, teaching skills and professional skills. And you'd want them to continue to grow. You don't want them to be stagnant in whatever they're doing. You want them to continue to learn and absorb information and continue to train on different topics in this, in this area. So just like we, we're not stopping the learning for children, we shouldn't stop the learning for adult learners as well, professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Um, One of the things that's really important for directors to always be thinking about when they're assigning new tasks to staff is um, their staff's own individual styles, um, their own individual interests and strengths and gifts. 
Um, and also, I, I love to think about that book, The Five Languages of Staff Appreciation. Um, so you're talking about what is it that is something that would really show this particular staff member that you're appreciating the way that they are stepping up to the plate and taking on extra responsibilities. Um, staff members may like to be, you know, verbally um, appreciated. They might may like to um, have extra time to talk with you. They may like, you know, a, a little token um, of appreciation, something physical. Mm -hmm. Actually, that reminds me of um, when I was student teaching years ago. I had uh, a lead teacher that would come around and observe all the student teachers and observe us teaching. And there really wasn't much, you know, in, in writing. But what she did do is she would take a post-it and she'd write a positive comment and leave it on the door. So when we leave the classroom after that lesson, we'd pick up our post-it and read it. So regardless is if she had feedback, constructive feedback, there was always something positive to say. And I thought that was such a great way to say, hey, you're doing a good job. I know it's hard for you. I know that lesson was difficult. I know that child has his or her challenges, but you did a great job in this area. And I always left feeling like I knew I would get something positive, but also it wasn't like, you're doing great. It's like, I really like the way you did this. So, you know, having that positive feedback for staff um, is so important. It lifts our spirits, but also it's not like a shiny metal or it's not a reward. It's just Hey, you're doing great. You're doing good at this. And I really appreciate your whatever. So I, I really felt that was, I, I took it with me and I always want to make sure I do that with other people because you don't want to do the whole, sometimes the sandwich effect is good where it's like, you did great here, but here's where you're lacking. Here's something else you did great. You want to make sure that you are giving a balanced feedback to them, um, checking in with them in a positive way. Because I think during this time, especially everyone needs that uplifting conversation every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that you said something that was so important where your the teacher was being very specific. And it's the same way that we like to talk with children, um, you know, noticing something very specific that was done. But yeah. what struck me was how perfect that technique is during the pandemic time. A post-it on a door means that the director doesn't even need to physically enter the classroom looking through the, you know, the window in the door, looking through the window in the wall, noticing something and putting it on a post-it. So, you know, still acknowledging, still supporting um, in a physically, you know, distant way. It's absolutely perfect. And that's so simple. You're right. I, I didn't think about that. It is physically distant and it is, you know, not entering, opening up a door in the classroom if you don't have to, or, you know, sharing group to group. I think just something as simple as a post on the door or a slip underneath the door or something like that for staff to kind of recognize even, even teacher assistants in the classroom that are also working very hard. Um, you know, having that recognition every once in a while could be good. So, for staff to say, okay, every Thursday I'm going to go through my classroom and leave a post on the door or leave a note or send a memo or write an email, whatever works for them. And, you know, having like the placeholder situation where, you know, okay, my calendar says Thursday or Friday, I'm going to go to so-and-so's classroom and leave them a note. So then, you know, during the day I have to do this because every week I have a different teacher or a different classroom. Mm -hmm. so holding that space for your staff for either a conversation, a note, uh, just a hello, how are you doing? I think that's 
again, it, there's, there's so much value in that, more than I think we know, because we're not in the classrooms right now, but I think the staff will find the benefit to be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that supervisor support is so important. Another really important thing for a high quality work environment in an early childhood program is coworker relationships and that collegiality. So directors are going to have to be really intentional with new hires about setting up systems where that can happen. You know, perhaps in the past you might have had, you know, a a welcome, you know, breakfast with everyone sitting down together at a table, you know, and enjoying, you know, a snack or a meal or something like that. So figuring out how you're going to integrate that new staff member into your program and how you're going to help the staff, you know, room to room, maintain their relationships in safe and, you know, just distance ways. How, you know, how will you think about making sure that a new staff member feels included as part of the team because that, that teamwork effort is so important. Um, another really important thing is, um, making sure that there's equity in in the workload. And, and that comes about something that we've already talked about, which is updating your job descriptions. Um, you're probably well aware that there are perhaps certain members of your team that are quick to step up to the plate with new when new responsibilities come about. Um, so making sure that we don't get into a situation of staff burnout where someone is feeling that they're shouldering a huge share of the responsibilities. Um, there's right. a lot of work to be done and um, there's plenty for everybody. So figuring out how you're gonna have everyone feel that con contributions are fair and equitable. And staff burnout is so prevalent and it's so, it, it very much leans towards staff turnover or increased staff turnover in centers. So, you know, the, I feel like Everyone now is getting so many, you know, negative stressors from the outside world, home, you know, just like going out to the store during the day, wearing um, masks and make sure your hands are washed and all this anxiety that it, it induces. Then to come into a school setting where there's more negative stressors, you don't want that. You'd want this, at least work to be somewhat of a consistent process for them. So having staff have the support from not only their directors, but maybe their co-teachers or teacher assistants or group teachers. Those things could really help the anxieties of what's going on in the world right now. So I think you're right, having a team effort and even uh, you know, a staff meeting saying, ask, you know, polling the staff and saying, what do you guys need to make this a positive environment? Besides, you know, we know we have the protocols, we know we have procedures, we know we have health and safety things that we need to make sure that we're keeping up with. But what do you you all need from, from your team and from me to make this a positive work experience? And is it feasible? Is it realistic? Let's work on what we can work on now and then some long-term goals, long-term goals in the future. Yeah, I what you um, just mentioned, Steph, is such an important hallmark of a high quality work environment, and that's being involved in decision making. So feeling like you have a voice for something that is so important, you know, keeping yourself safe, keeping the children in your classroom safe, um, so asking people what they need, you know, having enough materials, having a comfortable environment. I think it's more important now than ever. So having those conversations and hearing 
and, and um, having people share, you know, what is it that they need and how can you together work as a team to meet those needs? Um, very, very valuable. And involving them in, you know, decision-making when appropriate. So if you're making choices and decisions for your staff, if you can, make sure that they're involved in it somehow and just say, here's what we're going to decide to do, you know, next month. Either how do you feel about it or let's talk about it because it, Sometimes it is what it is. Some choices have to be made, and that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles. But in, in other aspects, you can say to your staff, hey, this is, this is these are our choices. What do you guys think? Mm -hmm. So in, involving them in that process, just like parents. You know, parents want to be involved in certain things like curriculum and, you know, different staff uh, involvement. So I think having your community and your staff involved in choices could help in the long run. Right. And I think that um, in talking with um, some of the directors who stayed open for essential workers the whole, you know, during the whole time, um, my conversations with them, you know, they talk about putting it out to their staff because they're a team. They knew that there was no way that they could remain open unless their team was willing to come in and work as a frontline worker. And so they said, hey, what do you think? We've, I'm thinking I'd like to be open for essential workers. Are you with me? And so an important decision, but everyone feeling equally valued in terms of that their opinion really, really mattered. And I think that made such a positive impact um, because they were able to make that decision. It wasn't a decision that was, that was foisted upon them. Um, the, the innovation and the creativity um, that we've seen during this pandemic is just amazing. And one of uh, the ways that a, a center described that they welcome their staff back. But I think even if your staff are already back, it could be a great little gift at the end of a, you know, a tough week. They made goodie bags for their staff to come back. And so they put pampering items in those goodie bags, you know, a, a nice bottle of hand lotion um, and, um, you know, some nail products and a really pretty mask and a packet of, you know, a special bubble bath. And so they gave their staff some pampering things, you know, a nice scented candle just as appreciation. Welcome back. Um, you know, we're thinking about you, we've got your mask, we've got these, you know, hand sanitizers, but we're also thinking about you getting a chance to leave work and relax and have, you know, some quiet time after, after a hard day or a hard week. Yeah. And even in a non-pandemic situation, we leave work, wherever anyone leaves work and says, you know, I'd love to sit on my couch and watch TV, or I'd love to sit on my deck and listen to the birds sing. But for most of us, that's not realistic. We go home and we have families and we have chores and responsibilities and things going on. So for someone to say, hey, I know you need self-care, make time for yourself, whatever that is, if it's 11 o'clock at night or on the weekends at some point, take time for yourself. Here's a little something that just saying I appreciate you, I think is a great idea. And also for staff, even in a virtual setting, to be recognized as well. And I think a lot of Things that change, especially, is more the in-person meeting situations. Even if staff have staff and directors have a virtual staff meeting, if they're more comfortable with that. So if they're spending most of the day in their classrooms and staff don't feel comfortable, you know, in a larger setting with 
other teachers? What about virtually? Let's see if that works for us next time. So again, involving them in that decision-making process is, is important. But even for parents, we talked about last time, staff have to continue to be comfortable with talking to parents in a virtual setting too. Because the parents are still necessarily not fearful, but maybe worried that their, their children are being taken care of, the health and safety procedures are being done correctly. So having staff send them things virtually and keeping up with that part as well is another stressor. So you know, having them be involved in that process as well I think could maybe level out those anxieties a little more. Mm -hmm. and, and speaking of parents, I think this now is a, a great time for um, directors to reach out to parents and um, encourage parents um, to really up their appreciation game with their child's teachers. Um, letting um, you know those parents know how challenging it is for the staff to be working without that opportunity for that face-to-face -face contact with the parents, with parents dropping at the door, they're they're really missing those relationships. And so um, you know, to help parents understand just how how valuable they are in in the lives of the staff and how um, how much a thank you for taking such good care of my child means to a staff member. Um, typically, a parent would get a chance to say that when they pick up, but now that that pickup is different, it might not be happening quite as much at a time when it would be so much appreciated and, and really um, would be wonderful for it to be happening even more. And we've heard from parents, at least we've seen that parents are saying, because kids were home for so long and parents say, I don't know how, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how teachers do it every day. Um, I only have one kid or, or one, uh, two children or three children. But, you know, when I first started teaching, I had a class of 25 and with one teacher with me to help. Um, and, you know, everyone has said, I don't know how you did it. And I was like, that's what teachers do. They just adapt and we mold the environment and we kind of just figure it out. But for parents to say, I, I just appreciate not only my child, because sometimes, you know, they know how uh, particular their, their children are. Um, I just appreciate the fact that you can do this with all these children. This must be your passion to be in, in a classroom and to be an essential worker in, in some aspects. Because they are, they have to be teaching. Kids have to have an education. They have to go back to school in some way. So, um, you know, now we have virtual online learning, in-person learning, we have hybrid situations. Teachers are and have always been adaptable and they always mold to whatever is thrown at them. And we just so appreciate their efforts and their, their strengths during this time. And I think it's, it's that parents should really focus on, on that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we always say that, that these are such um, unprecedented times. And I think it has allowed everyone to step up um, and and show their their best skill set. Um, there have been amazing things happening in early childhood programs and early childhood programs, not only supporting the children and the families within their program, but supporting the community as well. You know, reaching out with such kind gestures and and showing just what an integral part of the fabric of each individual community they are. And that work continues and that, that work it is challenging. Every day, the directors and the staff are showing up 
and taking the best care of children that they possibly can. Um, it's a really, really important job. And um, I think that appreciating what's happening, something that, that the world is, is starting, just starting to realize the need for that. And in a lot of situations, not even just education, I think a lot of people are doing the best they can with the constraints um, that, that is put upon them in different work environments. And, you know, directors and staff and families, they're, they're all trying to work together to make it the best situation for the children. And ironically, the kids are feeling the least amount of stress in some situations, depending on, you know, family and home environments and things like that. But the kids going to school with their mask on, they just want to play. They just want to learn. They just want to be creative and grow. And it seems like the kids in, in an ideal situation are feeling the least amount of stress because they're just happy to be back in school and back with their friends. And, you know, adults feel and interpret and process the situation as anxiety and stress. But some kids look at it it's like, cool, I'm home, or I get to go back to school, or I get to play blocks again. So I... I I always say to everyone that I talk to, I, I wish a lot of us had a child mind sometimes just to see the good and see the positive and everything. Cause that's just how, that's just how kids are. And that's how kids process situations. So, you know, hopefully kids are feeling less stressed than the adults are and less responsibility to do things and just get back to school and have a you know, great time with their teachers and feel less anxiety than the adults do. <laughs> I think, and the reason that kids are um, have adapted so well to being back in those early childhood classrooms are the staff, mm -hmm. and the reason that the staff are able to provide those great experiences for the children are that they are supported in turn by the directors, yep. um, directors who let their staff know, "I appreciate you, I see you, I value you, I, I'm really glad that you are here." I'm so happy that you came in today to provide the children in our program with education and love and nurturing. Um, right. That's why those kids are, are having such a great experience is because of the great things that the, the staff at that program are doing supported by the administration. Yeah. And again, just to, just to reiterate and, and to wrap up, I think there's so much value in positive relationships with your staff. Also, a positive teamwork with your staff. Obviously, right now, with the groups of being able to combine, we can still foster that sense of team and sense of value with each other that will only bring positive outcomes for the children, obviously. You'd want less stressed out teachers. You'd want uh, increased positive relationships with parents, community, staff. And this will all have a positive outcome for children, which is really the main goal of education in the first place want children to succeed. Mm -hmm. So holding that space for teachers and staff to just say, I'm here with you. I'm a part of this team with you. I, I, I want you to come to me with any questions or comments or fears and we'll work on them the best we can. Because they're, like I said, they're, I think everyone's doing the best. At least they're trying to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, um, I'm always so, um, excited to hear about the wonderful things that are happening in early childhood programs during such challenging times. Um, it's, it's very heartwarming 
um, in spite of all of the different challenges that are being presented, everyone is coming in and showing up and doing an amazing, amazing job at providing for kids. And the kids are thriving in these programs as a result of that hard work every day. Yeah. Well, I'm very glad we got to discuss two really important topics with families and staff members. Um, I look forward to coming up with more relevant topics for the podcast moving forward. Um, we are looking to do two a month, um, and we are in the process of researching more topics for us to discuss with you guys, and um, hopefully we can get those out really soon. So, Lori, thank you for joining me today and discussing this very important and relevant topic, and we look forward to doing it again. Thanks, Steph.